Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Thank you for tuning in with us again this week. This episode is a direct request from you, the audience, the viewer, or listener. Specifically, this one came in through our Self Healer Soundboard Instagram channel. We've also mentioned we do have a Self Healer Soundboard YouTube channel, and those YouTube comments are the easiest way for us to interact with you, for you to interact with each other, and to also scoop the requests and suggestions that you are leaving there for future episodes, as these are conversations that the two of us are having here, but really we're having them publicly so that we can send them off and also incorporate you into them and hear your contributions, your perspectives, your thoughts, and to see your engagement with one another. So if you haven't checked out our Self Healer Soundboard YouTube channel yet, you can watch the video version of this, interact with us and your fellow listeners, and there are also closed captions. So a topic that came up many times in many different ways is to open up some conversation around being an adult in authentic friendships. I think a really great place to start when even I'm thinking of authentic friendships, I think naturally we sometimes make the jump too deep, right? We somehow assume that to be authentic means to share our deepest, darkest, you know, secrets, our utmost vulnerability. And I think a really helpful place, and I think I believe that myself at one point, that all relationships needed to provide this sort of deep emotional bonding and connection. And I've really come to realize that an authentic friendship doesn't necessarily mean deep. It just means what's true or what's genuine for each of us. I, of course, looked up what authentic meant before we hit record. And the definition is just like genuine, right? Whatever is true for us, our thoughts, our perspectives, our feelings, our self-expression. And that really, I think, can expand the reality of relationships, which is that they don't all look the same. Um, Some of us might be like me, kind of trying to put them all in the same box, but we can be authentic in many different types of relationships, not just in our closest, most vulnerable, most deep, authentic emotional connections. It's by no surprise that you looked up the word authentic. (laughs) I do appreciate you sharing the description. And as you're speaking it, my mind, I'm watching it in my head over here, immediately go to the contrast because it's helpful for me to learn more in the opposition. We could, and many of you listening may resonate with that or understanding the context of authentic. I get authentic is genuine. It's true. Yet a lot of us too spend time in resistance or in an overwhelm or an unknowing of, you know, well, what's authentic to me? What is my authentic self? I don't know what is authentic. I don't know what my values are. So if that resonates with you at all and you're hearing that voice chime in and start to get louder, allow it to be there and take a moment to note that if we're talking about authentic, then we can also learn from the opposite of that. I can learn from what's inauthentic. And when I look back on, we'll say childhood and my upbringing, my siblings, the people I was around, that's a really great identifier to see that the people I was quote unquote friends with, yes, it was maybe an authentic connection because that's all I knew at the time, though it was geographical location. It was the people in my neighborhood. It was the sports that we played. You might notice doing some reflection that there are relationships and friendships in your life that have been there maybe for many years, if not even decades or a whole lifetime. And while there is genuine love there, 
a lot of those relationships may have been created for circumstantial reasons because of location, you know, because of time that was available, possibly a shared interest, or it could just be family and connection, society. It could be religion. We develop all of our first initial relationships based on our surroundings. So as we get older, and for those of us who have chosen to leave the home that we grew up in, or who maybe were forced to leave the home that we grew up in, when you start to meet new people that don't come from those originating places, you may notice a difference of likeness to them or a difference of resonance where you're connecting to different attributes, maybe about their personality or their life goals, or you're noticing a lot of resistance to anyone that comes from an experience that is opposite from the experiences that you shared in your childhood. I really appreciate, Jenna, how you're calling uh, to mind, to task even, in a lot of ways, the kind of observation of the opposite. Because I can think back um, even in, into more recent moments of, you know, what I would call for me, it's kind of the process of self-censoring, right? Those moments where I do have an instinctual thought or perspective or, or feeling that I want to share. And I actually have enough space to be connected with that, like you were sharing earlier. And for me, it, that practice of, of knowing what I want, it came after time of creating the space to be curious so I could even have, oh, well, what is my perspective in that moment? How am I feeling in that moment that I want to share? But then there was a similar moment almost immediately that happens where I become resistant to sharing for whatever reason. Usually for me, it's because I've played somewhat of a tape in my mind's eye where I might imagine myself expressing whatever it is. And then I have an instinctual reaction that that person might not like what I have to say, or they might get upset by how I'm feeling or what I'm wanting or what I'm needing. And of course, none of this is happening, you know, directly. It's all behind the scenes. So before I know it, I resist that urge to say what I think, to share how I feel, to express myself in a, in a deeper way. But I do want to acknowledge, like you were sharing, I was that person, you know, very early on in my journey who couldn't have had even any connection to what I thought. I was that people pleaser right? without boundaries that was always kind of taking on other people's ideas, always taking on other people's emotions and their wants and their needs. So I do want to emphasize, and I've, I've talked about my journey to creating that space, so I don't want to go into that here now, but it was a journey. But those moments of self-censoring are still really present, and that's kind of what comes to mind when I hear those inauthentic moments, right? Authentically, I'm aware of what it really is true for me, but then that gets pushed beneath the surface and what might come out is some watered down version, maybe even nothing at all. Again, me operating on concern or how my truth might impact. And a lot of that work as you're sharing is stuff that we're doing to ourselves. You know, we might be, let's just say, for example, there is this one other person. We might have a genuine, authentic, loving relationship and it's me over here who is putting this filter and projection where I'm censoring myself now out of a preconceived notion that was created and stamped from my past, not the actual present here with this person, but I'm now filtering me and not sharing me honestly and authentically from my own heart to this person because I've already decided 
how they're going to respond. And I've already made them so small that their response is going to be reactive, that it's going to be unaccepting, that it's going to be belittling. And, you know, to be honest, it may be. We can't predict always how another human is going to be. We need to allow ourselves or empower ourselves with the space to allow for any response, which we can do when we get really connected and rooted to our own truth and selves and why we're having that authentic expression in the first place. But it's not an authentic expression. If I'm over here putting a filter or a censorship on my words in apprehension of how they're going to land over there for the person, now I'm actually not even giving opportunity for an authentic relationship to be because I'm actually being unwilling to be authentic with myself and why my own needs and speaking my own truth matters in the first place. You know, I think as, as most conversations that we have around relationships really do build on that foundation first of, well, what am I doing, right? If I want to develop authentic relationships and the first question is, well, am I being authentic in them as simple as that. And all of these different moments where the answer is no, um, then again, that gives us the opportunity to shift how we're showing up to be more authentic in our relationships without even requiring anything from the other person. Though then, of course, as we, you know, work, walk through the discomfort of making ourselves vulnerable in the new this new way, managing all of these apprehensions and worries to actually then allow the person to respond however it is that they might. And now we have more information based on how they did respond, right? And the more then we practice and remain committed to showing up in our truth, and the more we are then met with, for whatever reason, someone else's inability to receive our truth, now we have information that we might modify our future choices with, which might not be in the relationship entirely because it's not authentic. It might still very well be authentic, meet other needs. There might be different points of connection, though for whatever reason, right, this part of yourself can't be or won't be accepted within this relationship. So now my choice is, okay, maybe this aspect of my emotional world is for a different relationship, or maybe this is actually problematic. Maybe this is a relationship that I want to or need to express these certain aspects of myself. And if I can't, now maybe I do consider creating boundaries or separation or space of sorts and distance into the future. But again, I've remained in, remained in that empowered space. I've never once asked someone to do or stop doing anything. I've been able to honor my authentic needs for myself, regardless of what anyone else is doing or not doing. Remember that what is meant for you will not pass you by. And I firmly, firmly believe that. I know that in my bones. I know that in my heart. And when you really grasp that and practice that in repetition, really immersing in that trust and that belief, you can start to create a separation to allow that information and that wisdom to emerge. Every relationship that you have had in the past, every experience that you have had, everything that's happened that you can't unhappen, there's something to be learned from all of it. I do truly believe that everything does happen because there's something there for our soul to learn and apply, for our soul to integrate from that experience in its own healing and its evolution. And relationships, friendships are no different. They are quite literally 
really that baseline that does create our entire lives. We are relational beings. We can't survive on our own. So no, we also can't survive without relation. We can't survive without intimacy, without friendship. And to actually have genuine friendship and intimacy. And I'm not talking about, you know, sexual intimacy here, but intimacy of your heart being seen and received by another, your voice and your words, your being, why you're here, that being seen and received by another, that's intimate. We need that sort of intimacy and that relational bond in order to exist as humans. And If we do not take it upon ourselves and decide as an adult that it is now our responsibility to discover and declare who we are authentically, now it's okay if you choose not to do that. However, it is now my responsibility to either do that or not as an adult. And if I choose not to do that, I also cannot expect without setting myself up for a lifetime of disappointment I can't expect that I'm actually going to be seen, heard, loved, and valued by another, that I'm actually going to be able to create an authentic relationship or an authentic friendship around me if I'm so unwilling to actually be with and see myself authentically first so that I can actually open myself up in the extremely brave and courageous act that it is to do so to allow my heart and my vulnerabilities to actually be seen and received by another. I'm smiling. I was getting ready to acknowledge the the courageousness and the bravery, um, you know, on the heels of also acknowledging my continued personal struggle, specifically around, you know, my emotions and my deepest desires, you know, even in the safety and security of the relationships that, you know, I've been creating for myself, there is still that really vulnerable raw space where I might in moments, you know, have an inkling of what my deepest desire or how I'm really feeling, but there are so many moments where it feels too unsafe, too scary, even around you and Lolly. Again, committed, stable, secure relationships, giving me no reason to, you know, imagine that how I would, you know, how I was feeling won't be received. But again, that wounded inner child is so strong. So how brave it is indeed um, for all of us to get to know ourselves and all that we're carrying with us from our past experiences and to you know be in its own presence so we can begin to make sense of our own authenticity, then let alone how brave it is to begin the gradual process of, of sharing those aspects of ourself because we're not going to dive right into the deep end, right? And just begin, like I started, to share the deepest aspects of ourself for a lot of us creating and finding our way into authentic relationships starts much more on a surface. I mean, even just thinking about the trajectory of making or finding and making a new friend, right? You don't just typically dive into, you know, all of the terrible, darkest things that have ever happened. It's usually a conversation that begins on what I'm going to call a more surface level, right? There's a shared interest or a commonality that begins a conversation. And then gradually, you know, over time and interaction, you can begin to know and discover different aspects of someone's being. And that's simply how we create relationships, right? We meet someone that we find attractive in some way. Again, it doesn't have to be for this deep physical sexual intimacy. It could be on a different aspect of our being. And then we build that relationship. But again, our responsibility remains 
showing up along that journey and sharing that which is true for us and then maintaining ourselves on that journey, right? Coming to that realization, if there is a moment in time where, you know what, this doesn't feel like it's aligned anymore. This isn't feeling like a safe and secure space for me anymore. And then trusting that internal, you know, ping or that intuition that will guide you to continue to maintain those boundaries that you need. But again, all of this comes when we first have that inner connection. And I do want to celebrate the bravery that it is um, for many of us to begin this journey, we can maybe come to the awareness after listening to this podcast that we want more authentic friendships, though it is then a journey to finding them, which as always begins with ourselves. That surface level resonance or conversation when you start to see interests that you share or something you can relate to with one another is the beginning of a social interaction that then might turn into a bond that then could turn into a friendship. It's not always that surface and then digging down. There are some friendships and relationships too, like in our self-healer circle membership, in the membership portal every day, there are members quite literally around the world, around the clock, sharing what's coming up for them in that moment, sharing the experience they had, sharing the big life change that they just went through. And not all of these members disclose, you know, their actual name or a visual of them. We don't know much about you except for what you share. Now, many do share the country they're from, their culture, their age. You do get to know people. However, what members are connecting to immediately are these really deep, vulnerable, and authentic shares of their own experience. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness and to be a part of. This was also an experience that I shared in various communities that I was a part of or that I've built over the last decade that were intentionally established on the connection of your heart's vulnerability. And that wasn't hidden or secret. You know, that was established right away. It was intentional right in your face. We're all humans going through something here. You are invited in this safe space to share and connect with others on your journey. And when that container is created, it's not like we're waiting for people to come out of the woods and flock to it. Everyone's here. You're here listening to these podcasts, some of you week after week, literally year after year now, to engage with like-minded people in communication to create these authentic relationships. And a huge shout out to everyone that is in that self-healer circle membership who does share in the membership portal. And for those of you who do not share and are there in presence receiving other sharing, all of those acts take incredible courage, incredible bravery, and such intention and willingness to say, you know what? I deserve to give myself the love that I may never have gotten. And in order to do that, it means I need to open my chest cavity, put my arms back and surrender to the possibility that others are going to actually see me. They're going to actually receive me. They're going to actually tell me that I'm worthy. And at the same time, they also might not. They also might say the opposite. They might shun your sharing. You might have activated something too much in them that they can't handle. You might have ignited a wounded part of them, or 
they might not be aligned on the same path that you are. And even in that sharing, that's almost like a rejection, or we'll just call it a rejection. That rejection itself is redirection. This is what I mean when I say it's all feedback, or like Nicole was just saying, this is all information that occurs. It's all something we can learn from. Once it's happened, it gets a stamp on it of the past. We can now learn from it to help align ourselves and our soul and our hearts to create new choices, new relationships, new environments that are more aligned with our wellness and where we're going instead of this predetermined conditioned self in which we're coming from. And for a lot of us, the one of the core beliefs of that conditioning, right, of that conditioned self is how unworthy we are of these deep, authentic relationships. So how trapped then so many of us are as adults, right? If there's this deep core aspect of ourself that doesn't feel worthy, very similar to what I was talking about in our, our circle had a Q&A this morning. We were talking about forgiveness and it was talking about this kind of seed of unworthiness and this shame spiral that right just keeps us for this conversation suppressing everything, right, that is authentically true only continuing to confirm how unworthy we are. So, so many of us simplifying it, simplify it, are walking around desperately needing these authentic partnerships, relationships, bonds, because we never had them yet feeling so threatened by them, so incapable and actually creating relationships that aren't authentic at all because we're too afraid we're too shameful. We feel too unworthy at our so the many of you, I'm sure, listening, you know, who decided to even click on a podcast about authentic relationships, right, might be stuck in that same cycle. So really, again, the process is reconnecting with ourselves, right, uncovering that shame, uncovering what is authentically true for us, because the problem isn't actually out there in the person that we're picking or the, you know, painful relationships that we found our way into in the past. Actually, for many of us, we are carrying the problem along with us in our habits and patterns. Again, we're not the problem. Our conditioning has created that disconnection. So we're endlessly seeking that which we can't actually receive because we're not showing up in our wholeness and in our authenticity at all. Compassion, self-compassion, this grace, love, speaking to yourself in an actual nurturing, loving tone and voice as if you would a small child is absolutely necessary in the process of uncovering your own authentic self and then going that step further to find authentic relationship and authentic friendships, understanding that what's authentic or genuine or true may also not be something we are wanting to hear. We don't always want to know the truth. It doesn't always feel good to hear the thing that we kind of know, but we don't really want anyone else to call it out. So it's a commitment and a choice to, to be really embodied in authenticity, not just wanting to hear the uncomfortable thing, but actually arms wide open, allowing ourselves the space to go through all of the physical feelings and or the physical numbness and shutdown that is there and present because over time, so many parts came in to shut your body down as a way to protect you. So it's opening ourselves up gently again to be willing to feel, to be willing to hear the hard truths. And I'll give you a real life example of what I'm noting on here specifically. When I was eight years old, I 
I think I was around eight. I wrote this really long poem to my dad. He had just left, moved to Pennsylvania. He had overdosed, went to rehab, and then disappeared. We got a call like six months later, found out that he had gone. And I've shared before how I used to write poetry and poems to him or letters to him when I was little. And this is a four page on a little pink piece of paper. I still have it here, front and back, both pages. And my friend Olivia, at the time, we met on my first day of first grade at the bus stop. She became my best friend. So that's is years into our friendships. She saw the turbulence of the Weekland house. She lived up the hill, wasn't really allowed over for sleepovers, didn't come to the house too much, though she knew me and she knew my family. And I wrote this four-page poem to my dad asking why he left me. I hope he didn't die because I heard he was sick. You know, I hope that I can make him happy. All of these things, just like a bleeding heart of a little girl. And I gave it to my friend, Olivia who is, you know, very intellectual, very astute for an eight-year-old. And she read it and she said back to me, for an eight-year-old, Borderline basically said, this is bullshit. This is not true. Sorry, Jenna. Like, it's not good. And I remember being crushed because I took it so personally. I was like, well, what do you mean? I felt so unworthy that she thought that my, like, words, my writing, my bleeding heart to my dad was so unworthy. And I share this because I've never, ever forgotten that moment. And I was eight. That was so ingrained on me. The first time in my life, someone told me the truth. Olivia, bless her, to this day said, Jenna, I'm sorry. This is, this is ridiculous. And she wasn't discrediting like, you know, I get at the time she's eight. Her words might have felt hurtful, though I got the sentiment because I knew in my heart and I knew in my bones that the way I was writing to my father was as if I was in some fairy tale, like wishing him to come back. It was so disconnected from the reality of abuse and addiction and neglect that Olivia had watched me endure for years. So her truth speaking was the validation that I am in fact inherently worthy of being treated with love and respect with having people there to nurture me and to care for me. However, how that showed up in her truth, because it was so far from anything anyone had ever shared with me or from what I was willing to experience, especially as a kid thinking that everything that happened to me is because of me. My dad leaving was directly connected to me. That's all my brain could make sense of. So I can look back now to that time that I was eight and say that was the first time I'd experienced authentic friendship. I had someone actually speaking the truth to me, even though at the time, granted I was eight, I was unwilling to see or hear it. Yet I don't know that I actually was unwilling because it's percolated in there ever since then and was such a defining moment for me of who I do listen to and what feedback I do receive from friends. I'm really happy you are sharing that personal experience. It's bringing to mind, I think it was within this past week, um, we put up a post, I think it was on Instagram, somewhat similarly talking about how, you know, honesty in relationships sometimes is saying difficult things. I mean, that's the beauty of relating to another different separate human is, is that different vantage point, the different perspective, right? The fact that I'm sure many of you have heard me describe us as like the horse with blinders on it, right? We only know ourselves in one way. We can only see certain perspectives, usually hours of a certain experience, and we end up thinking we're right and we can't see any other option even. And 
when we then sometimes share our experience, our perspective with someone else, we might be gifted with not what we want to hear, which is agreement, right? That we're right or affirmed, but we might actually hear a different vantage point, a different reframe of a thought, which actually might allow in a different emotion and then a different choice. We might begrudge that. We might even downright resist it at first. I mean, I remember very early on um, in the beginning of Lolly and I's relationship when on both sides of it, I would offer her observations that I would, you know, kind of see happening in the dynamics within her relationships and her family. And similarly, she would offer me her perspective of me and my relationships with my family. And many times, just speaking from my experience, I heard things that I didn't want to hear. I heard things that I thought were very mean, you know, and not compassionate and definitely not coming from a supportive partner, only to realize over time that that actually was the most loving, supportive gift I was given, which was that of a different perspective, that of someone else's vantage point, even that of someone else's experience of me in some moments, especially moments where, again, you know, the way I'm reacting more often than not is eliciting impact in someone else. And if that someone else is someone that I care about, as painful as it is to be held accountable or to have your behavior reflected back and its impact, it's incredibly important. And like I was sharing for a lot of us, like that Instagram post, like you're sharing right here, sometimes that is what authentic love looks like, is saying hard things. And as much as I'll kind of acknowledge the gift and the value, I will also acknowledge many past relationships where I didn't have the courage and the bravery to say things. And instead I set them in my actions. I set them by distancing myself. As we talked about, I think on a podcast or two ago, I said it by ghosting, by just leaving the relationship because acknowledging that things weren't aligning anymore for me felt too vulnerable, too uncomfortable. And I was too afraid of speaking that truth into the relationship, afraid of upsetting someone. So I never even gave the relationship a chance to ac accommodate a new truth. So I, I just left. So I'm sharing those examples to obviously acknowledge that sometimes speaking these truths is incredibly difficult. It is painful. And a lot of times we do think we're, you know, doing the best for our partners or our loved ones by not saying what it really is for us. And if what it really is for us is the impact, right, that this relationship is having, then those are the truths that are really important to say. Because the more we create space, and a lot of relationships can adapt and accommodate new needs, shifting, changing you know, desires in different individuals over time. That's what a relationship is. We're two growing, evolving creatures trying to navigate life together. And a lot of relationships can do that, but we have to do our part by acknowledging our changing reality as it does change and evolve. And if something's out of alignment for you, and you're going to only identify that if you take the moments to actually do a little inquiry, to check in with yourself, to see what the impact is of certain relationships and friendships around you. And if there is ever a relationship that is out of alignment or that is harmful or inhibiting the growth and healing of your own well-being, then that truth is, is truth. The other person might not feel the same. They might not agree with you. They may still want to be in that relationship or friendship, However, if it is truly out of alignment for you, it is also truly out of alignment for the other person. They just are not able or willing to see that from their perspective. And it would be really frustrating and probably exhausting if we 
made it our goal and our mission for them to see it from that perspective. It's for you over here to have that information and that feedback to remember that what is for me will not pass me by. I deserve to be treated with love and respect and reciprocation. A beautiful example in real time right now, I have some incredible authentic friendships, adult friendships that I have had for the last 15, 20 years. And some of these people, particularly in Boston, that I met when I was about 18, so almost 20 years now. And as we're recording this, I'm actually supposed to be in Boston visiting dozens of them. It's multiple children's birthdays this weekend. One of them is having a birthday today. One is tomorrow. And the reality came down to my physical health and well-being, my emotional health and well-being. This trip wasn't going to work. It was too much. I chose to honor myself, to stay home, to rest, and to give my body and my heart the healing that I'm needing. I was authentic and honest in sharing that with all of my friends and connections back home or back on the East Coast in Boston that I had planned on visiting. And of course, there is that worry or concern. Like, I don't want to let people down. I'm disappointing myself. I'm letting myself down. All those conversations happen. And I really had to sit and work through, well, what's authentic for you? What does your body want right now? What does your heart need right now? And I knew if I spent the time to ask myself authentically and allowed the answers to come up and not ignore the truthful ones, because I didn't want to hear them, but to actually hear like, you know, no, it it is in your best interest to stay, to let these people know you're not going. You're going to take this time at home. Yes, you'll miss the birthdays, et cetera, et cetera. Knowing that when I'm in my truth and I can courageously and authentically speak my truth to those around me, it dissipates how attached I am to their reaction because I know it is rooted in my truth. And because I do choose to live a life rooted in my truth and create authentic friendships, I had such a solace and peace of mind in already knowing that my not going would not only be received, it would be honored and it would be celebrated. It would be honored. And thank you for taking care of yourself. We're so sorry to miss you. If you, you know, if you can't come this day, our house is open anytime. We just miss you. That's in general, the kind of response. That's what gets to be in your sphere when you do take the time to honor yourself authentically. But those relationships and those experiences would not be happening around me or would not be possible around me if I wasn't first giving myself that same friendship, that same authentic truth and friendship with my own self and my own heart so that I can actually connect authentically with another, not as the exterior conditioned self, Jenna, but authentically as like there's hands reaching out from my heart to grab the heart of the friends that I am authentically connected with. I'm really celebrating you for making that choice and appreciating you for sharing, you know, that, that example and relating to myself in so many ways and, you know, acknowledging, I think the difference too, between the many of us who are evolving relationships, right? So maybe for instance, you know, someone who would have always been there regardless of whether or not I had the emotional resources. Now I'm shifting right now. I'm going to tell this friend who's used to me just being, yes, I'm always there, you know, you name it. There's an event and I'm there. I'm at the, you know, celebration of it to, well, wait a minute. 
I might not be there anymore. I want to acknowledge that when we're shifting, right, a present dynamic, what will happen is expectations will be violated. Here's someone who's come to know you or an aspect of you in one particular way, and now you're going to show up differently. So again, at minimum, this person might be surprised that you're not showing up as you once were. Though, of course, when we're creating newer relationships, we can begin to lead in right with more of who we are from the beginning. So, of course, what's coming to mind for me is anyone who's gotten to know me on a more personal level in the past couple of years will hear, you know, certain things from me when they are, you know, wanting to hang out. I have particular times of the day where I hang out, and particular times of the day where I don't. I joke often, but I go to bed very early, which means that like dinner, you know, dinner events, any dinner or things that happen past even 6 p.m., as crazy as it might sound for some people, I'm probably not going to be there. So when new friends would invite me, you know, I just remained committed to presenting who I was and how I was and how things worked best for me in relationships from the beginning. It made it easier, though that instinct was there. Oh, meet me for dinner at 7 p.m. on Friday night. The instinct for me to say, sure, like I always did, because creating this new relationship is important to me, was there. Though practicing from the beginning, telling this person that, you know what, lunch is better for me is preferable. Or how about morning coffee, right? Now I can set an expectation right from the foundation of a new relationship about me, what works for me. I'm able to create that space to honor me. And similarly to you, you know, having had these conversations, having had those moments where I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to say this to this person that, you know, it's not really aligned for me, or I prefer to do it this way. Or even in terms of sharing my own opinions, it's still challenging though. Again, it sets now for many of us creating new relationships, it sets the boundaries in place right from the beginning. And then the other person, the receiving end can decide if lunch or breakfast works for them. Great. And if not, they're a night owl. Maybe we have to figure out different ways to interact together. I love this so much because as far as new relationships go for anyone who is healing or on this journey, I know many people have been for quite some time and imagine being your past self, like stuck in the past, envisioning your future self, the future self being who you are now. Anyone who's here listening, you have come leaps and bounds from where you have come from. Without knowing any of you or your stories, I already know you have all dealt with immensely hard things, tragic things, a lot of hardship, a lot of adversity, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. And that goes for any given human. And then some humans have just really been through the throes of it. And when we're creating newness or creating new relationships, it's as if you know, months or years ago, that past you that was envisioning the you now was setting up these new relationships as your future self. It is no different. Your future self now is right here in the present, creating the outline, the foundation, the blueprint for the relationships that will come and be created into your life in the future. So it's it's so beautiful because it really is. There's such opportunity for new and especially with social media, with connection, the internet, I do understand that can be a place of extreme overwhelm for people if we are not using it consciously and intentionally. However, it also means that at any given moment, I am just a phone's reach away from choosing to find people that I can authentically connect with if I am willing and if I am wanting to. 
And as you're becoming aware of maybe those past relationships that aren't aligned or this new future self of you begins to present themselves in the present and for a relationship that maybe you've already had for months or years, you do start to shift and put those new boundaries in and, you know, share and express yourself truthfully now. And maybe the reception of that isn't favorable. Whatever space opens up here is space that we are allowing new, authentic, aligned relationships to come into. So everything you're learning about your pre-existing and current relationships is information that you can then use to open up the doors and create more space for new authentic ones to come in and for us to finally give ourselves the opportunity to authentically express ourselves in our current relationships and actually allow the other person in the relationship to meet us for the very first time. I I love and I'm so tickled that kind of we're ending and landing here because you know, that space that you're talking about as I came to the awareness of, right, of how much of a people pleaser, how codependent I was, how much I, you know, really did filter so much. I really went inward. Um, as we often say, I went to my cocoon phase, which meant a lot of time away from relationships, really rebuilding the relationship with myself. And as I got to, you know, a, a certain level of of safety and security back um, within myself was really where I then started to look outward again. I want it authentic friendships. I started to feel like I wanted to engage and shift and begin to create what I would call authentic relationships. And that is then no surprise as that was the seed that literally bore this holistic psychologist Instagram account, seeing the social media landscape, seeing how many different people were using it and seeing it as being a possible space for me to begin that experimentation process, to begin to live not only right as Nicole, the clinician, the psychologist, but as Nicole, the human who has all of these struggles and, you know, came to all of this insight and awareness on her own healing journey and wants to now talk holistically sharing these tools. There was a lot of honesty, a lot of old conditioning and beliefs that I was challenging myself, but that's what this community itself was. And then choosing to use that hashtag actually was my commitment to connecting with other like-minded individuals, which eventually then turned into the self-healer circle. And of course, somewhere along the journey, I would be remiss to let this episode end without us acknowledging even our relationship. I mean, really coming into connection, even knowing that there was an entity that is the at Jenna Weekland, right? Instagram handle somewhere in the world to eventually continue that connection so much so that we then began to work together in creation of, I have chills saying it, in creation of the circle itself. And now we're in the relationship that we are. So if that not isn't a testament to this container that you're talking about, right? I saw a space. I was experimenting with doing my part of being who I was, sending out, right, that attraction point. And of course, there's millions, you know, that are kind of pingers or hitting out or kind of uh, activating around the world, connecting to the same idea. But And so are other relationships, right? The fact that we've been able to create a relationship. We now have a team in support of us putting this work out into the world. And all of these are built on the foundation of authentic relationships. It feels like the elephant in the room because I hadn't even thought about our relationship or the circle. Of course, we know this in retrospect, though authentic relationship and that authentic ping from our hearts is quite literally what merged us and what had us even finding each other. And for those of you who do get how to be the love you seek, which comes out, 
in November, end of November, but it is available for pre-order. The end of the book goes into a little bit more of that, you know, that heart's ping and that authenticity that did unite us. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that and specifically because of this self-healer circle. And for those of you who don't know or who are just tuning in and hearing us talk about this thing, self-healer circle is our online, virtual, international, private healing community that really acts like its own social media away from social media. And it is going to be four years old in November. I speak of it really like my firstborn baby. And (laughs) I know Nicole relates to it the same. And the self-healer circle itself, what I was describing earlier as this place where people are meeting for the first time and forget that surface level. And not everyone, you know, wants to go deep and express right away. And that's okay. Though there is such a felt safety and a sacredness inside the circle where people are given the opportunity to do that. And I have a theory as to why that is because the self-healer circle has been built on such authenticity and such intentionality from a shared vision that comes from our hearts. Now, I didn't know Nicole before we started running the circle together on day three of its existence four years ago. And that's really powerful because we were both individually acting so authentically addressing our own our own little Jenna, little Nicole within our own wounded parts and identifying and seeing, well, here are these wounded parts in me. Look at all these wounded parts illuminating around the world of all of these people who all just need a shared space. And I have spent the last 10, 15 years building communities, being in communities. And Nicole is on her own journey then seeking, looking around saying, huh, There's no community. Where's the community? We need community. And at literally the same exact time that Nicole is asking this question, and I'm over here in my own journey identifying like, okay, I knew I intentionally wanted to build a community. I'd been a part of some really great communities that I admired, but they were missing pieces of our healing. They were missing spiritual aspects. They were missing heart connection. They were missing all the things that are so infused into the self-healer circle. And as no coincidence would have it, at that exact same time, in the moment that I send a direct message to someone on Instagram who has millions of people following, the same set second that I sent it, it was read and received on the other end. And I think that that's so powerful when we're just looking at the universe and the vibration of everything to really see what transpires and what is brought forth. I think that we're just portals for allowing the self-healer circle community to come into the world, it already is. It's already so there. We're just like playing Tetris or a puzzle. And Nicole and I love puzzling. Actually, it's sweet. We're literally sitting at home puzzling often. And it's the same with the circle. We're just putting different puzzle pieces together or different Tetris pieces together that are all rooted in such divine truth and authenticity to our own hearts that When you do that, you create actual magic and synergy with thousands upon thousands of beings around the world who are willing to heal and to share themselves, to be received, and to be seen for so many for the very first time. And I truly think it's that seeing, that connection, that shared safety in community that then 
is what allows us to change and transform ourselves, which we all know then is what changes and transforms the world. So there's so much deeper connection and meaning to honoring your truth and honoring your authenticity because there are actual miracles and magic on the other end waiting to transpire when you do that for yourself and then allow yourself to mingle with other people or connect with other people who are up to the same thing and on the same wavelength as you. So speaking of community, we have been creating quite the self-healer soundboard community here in the YouTube comments on our YouTube channel. We specifically keep mentioning YouTube because it's just the quickest way for you to be able to interact with each other, share what's coming up for you based on different topics, conversations, and reflections and where we can interact with you. So head to our Self Healer Soundboard YouTube channel if you would like to connect, drop your thoughts, and continue building the community there. We love you all. We appreciate you tuning in and we'll be with you next week.